I won't consider myself a through hiker just because it was just 400 miles, but I have done um, a 400 mile uh, hike of the PCT. Wait, did I hear that right? That hike was just 400 miles? I think Anna and I might have different definitions of the word just. Welcome to Canyon Kinetics, a behind-the-scenery canyon cut. My name is Leslie, and I am an intern here at the North Rim of Grand Canyon National Park. In my last podcast episode, What to Eat in the Heat, I chatted with all manner of canyon folk in my search for the perfect Grand Canyon snack. Spoiler alert, it was salt. No, really, salt. Anything with salt. In today's canyon cut... I'm chatting again with rangers from Preventative Search and Rescue, aka PSAR. While my last episode focused on how to best address your dietary needs as a summertime hiker in Grand Canyon National Park, this episode will explore the ups and downs of canyon country hiking and how you can best prepare your body physically before descending below the rim. Down is optional, up is mandatory. (laughs) And the weight of that is uh, starting to grow on me as we come back up. I personally am like not a huge hiker, but I trained a little bit for this. Okay. And uh, well, we trained to go from the bottom to the top, not both ways, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I mean, uh, I'm in decent shape. Nice. And how did you guys, so I know you said you trained a little bit. How did you guys prepare for this hike otherwise? Uh, So like seven of our friends all live in Portland and we, uh, we've been running up and down stairs at one of the parks and then uh, just doing like bodyweight exercises, trying to prep for this hike out. And uh, I, I live near the beach in LA. So I took, I just walked in the dry sand for like two and a half miles after (laughs) surfing every day. And Is it hard to get like the elevation? Yeah, you know, I like? I thought that would work my calves out a lot. Oh, and I, I also packed a pack, so I was had I had like twenty pounds on my back. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. I remember sometime in the past year, I was at the gym back home just on the treadmill, and uh usually when I'm on the treadmill, I get this kind of tunnel vision and don't really notice the world around me. But um but this time something caught my attention because there was someone using a machine in the row ahead of me, uh, this individual on the Stairmaster, and he had this massive hiking pack that he, uh, I assume, had fully stocked with whatever he would take on a potential trip. And was he was just going up the Stairmaster. And, uh, and now that I think about it, that was probably an excellent workout for whatever this person was training for. I assume some extreme mountainous trek but but at the time I couldn't help but think this stairmaster is hard enough as it is like without however many pounds of gear were loaded up on his back and 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 this was just practice for whatever this person was training for so that kind of blew my mind in that moment how do you prepare yourself for a hike What questions do you ask yourself before stepping onto that trail? Here's Anna Marini, Grand Canyon PSAR lead with her approach. Before my 
my hike on the Pacific Crest Trail, I was definitely training and doing training hikes with my backpack on. Um, you know, making sure you know your gear is, is helpful because that's going to be on your back and, and you don't want to carry too much. And what happened with me personally when I was on that hike is I injured myself because my pack was too heavy and I probably didn't train correctly. So after that, I have completely changed how I want you know, how I want to train for things like this in the future. I am a big advocate for hiking poles. Um, after um, I did a, a long distance hike in 2015, I have realized that I can't leave home without my extra set of arms. They they just are, are such an assist with um, hiking uphill and downhill to save your knees, um, you know, and to have a little bit extra stability, especially if you have a backpacking pack on, you know, it's so heavy. Um, so it's nice to be able to have that balance and have that support for your body. Um, I'm getting a little older, and so I want to. I can't just bounce back as I did when I was in my young 20s, right? And so I want to make sure that my body is ready and prepared um, for those for the hiking that I do here today and the possible extended hikes um, in my future. Anna started us off with some excellent ideas on how you can begin training for a hike. But there's one thread that she mentioned that I really want to emphasize, hiking downhill. Here with an explanation on the goings-on in our bodies when we hike downhill is physiology professor turned PSAR ranger, Stan Lindstead. And as I mentioned to people on the trails, we're an upside-down park. Normally, you go up a mountain until you get exhausted and then turn around and come back. But hiking down first can be deceptive. Uh, if they hike down in the mornings, it's cool. When you turn around, all of a sudden it's a lot warmer, and it's a lot harder going up than down. The challenges of hiking uphill and downhill are very different. So hiking uphill, the big challenge is, is the amount of energy that's required by the muscles and the amount of heat that you're producing. People are, are not aware of the fact that anytime you use your muscles, you're producing heat. Uh, that's great in the winter if you're cross-country skiing, but not so good if you're hiking in the summer. So you have uh, a huge amount of heat that you have to get rid of, and that's where, where sweating is important. Hiking downhill, on the other hand, it's not energy as much as it is biomechanics. Anytime that you're hiking downhill, you use your muscle as a break, and that is especially on a long hike, for example, hiking into the canyon, that is something that we don't do very often. And your, your muscles are, are very uh, plastic in the sense that they're used to whatever it is, the way you use them. And uh, if, the, if you're using your muscles in a novel way, using your muscles as a break, hiking downhill, the muscles themselves are likely to respond with micro damage and that damage can be pretty significant. So I always, we all have had experiences where we've talked to people who have done a, a long downhill hike, woken up the next morning, or it's almost worse two days later, and they have pretty serious, uh, uh, it's called delayed onset muscle soreness. And that delayed onset muscle soreness results in muscle weakness. So now when they're hiking uphill, they don't have as much muscle strength as they would have had if they didn't have that muscle damage. So now you've got a hiker who is down at the bottom of the Colorado River, very sore muscles, and those muscles are now weaker than, it, than they normally would be. 
and that hiker then now has to hike out, and they're not going to have fun doing so. Personally, I wouldn't want to be that hiker. Would you? What can you do before you start your hike to avoid being in a situation like that? Anna and Stan have a few more pieces of advice regarding building and repairing muscle, knowing your personal limits on the trail, and gear for hiking in a place like Grand Canyon. Uh, that kind of muscle use is called eccentric muscle use, using your muscles as a break. And for those people, you want to have a, a sufficient amount of protein in your diet that you can replace that protein that got damaged in your muscles. And so the, uh, a protein diet will provide the building blocks for new proteins for yourself. So that's the extent to which I would recommend making sure that you have an adequate amount of protein in your diet, not for, uh, for calories, but for the building blocks necessary uh, to, to repair any muscle damage that will inevitably be caused on a long hike. I think there's a couple different categories of people. There's people that um, didn't really look at a map, didn't really look at the time, you know, just kind of decided to keep walking downhill because it's really easy to walk downhill, right? Um, there's people that uh, plan their day as far as timing, like we're going to hike for another hour and wherever they get, you know, they stop at that hour, which is kind of a good thing unless, you know, you until you realize that going downhill is very fast. So you make it farther than you planned in that hour. Um, and then there's those people that are like, we're turning around at three mile, at the three mile rest house. Um, so there's, you know, a couple different types of people and you can kind of gauge through conversation, what kind of those, what kind, what kind of types those are. Um, so with all that, I always encourage people, um, to stop before you get tired because you need to save your energy for the hike up. Um, and a little trick that we use is I tell people just spend a few minutes, turn around right now and hike uphill. You know, feel how difficult that's going to be and realize that that's going to be the rest of your hike out is that much hiking and exertion. Um, and so that's something that we like to encourage people to do um, when they're not quite sure when they want to turn around. You know, try to hike uphill for a little bit, see how that feels. People surprise us every day. You know, you really can't predict who is going to get sick and who's not or who's, you know, going to even even fall and get hurt. You know, I don't judge anybody wearing sandals because I love wearing hiking sandals myself. But say it's, it's flip-flops that don't look sturdy enough or it's loafers that um, really will probably be uncomfortable. Um, but who knows? Maybe they hike in them all the time. I don't know until I ask them, right? I think it's it's more of what you're used to um, hiking-wise. It's just whatever your feet are going to be happy in is, is my best recommendation for footwear. Um, and as far as clothing, I am really an advocate for sun protection all around. Um, so not only do I wear sunscreen, but I also wear sun clothing. Um, and that sun clothing is made out of a material where when you soak it in water, it's actually really nice and cool on your skin. So you'll see that these are rangers in the creek, full on, or under the water spigot, completely trying to drench themselves because it's actually really nice and cool when, you're, when your body is, is soaked in, in water in, in the heat of the day. We call that Grand Canyon air conditioning. Honestly, I could have used some air conditioning on the trails this summer. Uh, even up here on the North Rim, Anna, Stan, any closing thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I think it's just more um, 
you know, telling, making sure people know that it's, they need to take a moment before they step on trail to think about what's in their pack, to think about, did they have breakfast? Did they um, drive all night from Las Vegas to get to, to, to the canyon? You know, what has their, uh, what's their training been like before this hike? Um, even a simple day hike, people can get into trouble and not have fun the rest of their trip. So just taking that moment before they step down trail to making sure that they thought about what they're about to do. And, you know, a three-mile round-trip hike isn't a big deal for a lot of people, but anything can happen to anybody. And you never know when your body's going to have a hard time. So do what you can before you start hiking to prepare so you can have a fun time. I always start with the belief that everyone is there to really enjoy the experience. And so I tend not to be very rule-oriented as much as I am experience-oriented. So my job is, when I'm interacting with people, is to try to join them as a partner. I like to ask everyone, hey, where are you headed today? And oftentimes I can give them a, an alternate turnaround location that maybe isn't as deep in the canyon, but is a wonderful place to, and I'll say it's a great place to stop and have a snack, uh, enjoy the view, drink some more water, and then head back out. I do this because I myself love the Grand Canyon so much, and uh, I want to make sure that our visitors uh, leave the canyon loving the canyon as much as I do, and I know that's only possible when their hike is enjoyable and they don't exceed their own limitations. I think that that's the key to hiking in Grand Canyon, knowing your own limits. It's really important to take the time to consider two things, realistic goals for your hike and how you can achieve them. Before hitting the trails, ask yourself, what brought me here? How have I physically and mentally prepared myself for this hike? What supplies have I chosen and why? Have I had an honest discussion about my abilities and expectations for this hike with my hiking mates? What resources are available to me? What questions should I ask a preventative search and rescue ranger? And how can I hold myself accountable so that emergency response resources can be directed towards those in serious need? If we all take the time to prepare ourselves for our hikes, and listen to our bodies, we can all have an amazing experience visiting the Grand Canyon. This has been a behind the scenery canyon cut. A Grand Canyon sized thank you to Anna Marini and Stan Lindstead of Grand Canyon PSAR. Ranger Brendan Oates of the Inner Canyon District, and everyone else who lent their voices to this episode. Here at Grand Canyon, we gratefully acknowledge the Native peoples on whose ancestral homeland we gather, as well as the diverse and vibrant Native communities who make their home here today. For more information about preventative search and rescue operations at Grand Canyon National Park, Refer to the Emergency Services webpage at nps.gov grca. And if you run into a roving PSAR ranger, say hi. 
and have an honest discussion about your hiking capabilities, expectations, and supplies. PSAR Rangers, volunteer and full-time, can be found at trailheads and along the trails in the canyon to help you make the best of your experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to listen to What to Eat in the Heat, my other Behind the Scenery Canyon Cut episode, in which I interview Anna, Stan, and others about dietary health while hiking in Grand Canyon. All right, all this talk of muscle damage is making me sore. I'm going to go stretch or something. Bye!